The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. I don't believe it's any accident we're in the Olympic season and we're talking about preparation. Talking about preparation. And already it just all began to dawn on me like, God, this is so like you to make this line up like this, that we're in the Olympic season. You have no idea how much preparation goes into being an athlete for the Olympics. I mean, you're talking about four years of training, of discipline, of perseverance for one time, one year. I mean, four years. Anybody ever been that diligent to work four years towards one thing like so heavy? And we're talking about it could literally mean the difference between a couple milliseconds if you win or lose. And we were just watching a, a meet the other day where we were, I mean, literally, somebody lost by two hundredths of a second. And how do you feel? You've been training for four years. And two hundredths, two hundredths of a second, just that's the difference between a gold medal and a silver medal. That's the difference between a bronze and nothing. Yeah. Right? You've been training all this time. And so I believe there's something really powerful, really important about preparation. There's something so powerful, and it's all through the Word of God, something very strong and critical about preparation. And we're going to learn about a couple of those things. You know, speaking of the Olympics, I think it's just weird, you know, that you have all kinds of different events. I love the Olympics. I, I'm a, a big, tra- I love watching the track. I love watching the swimming. You know, all that stuff is really cool to me. But it's really weird I found an Olympic sport for, of all things, badminton. <laughs> it's got to be literally the most fierce game of badminton you've ever seen. <laughs> In your life. It was strange, but they do have it. Check it out. But it's amazing. One thing that I, that I and you can write this down if you're taking notes, and I hope everyone is because I'm going to give you a lot of, lot of stuff today. And you have to, again, forgive me some of my language. Some, I like to call these bars. Any hip-hop heads in here? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> bars. And, so, and so, so they're just things, little quick nuggets, but I want you to be ready for them because I'm just going to start giving them out. But But one thing, the title of today's message is Ready, Set, Go. God spoke this in my spirit. I heard it very, very specifically. Ready, set, go. He's talking about preparation. And he said, ready, set, go. And the first thing that came to my mind, and I was talking to my campus pastor about it a little bit, and the first thing that came to our minds was was literally how a track runner comes out of the blocks. You see them get down in the blocks, and they're getting ready to go. They're at the starting line, and they they jump out of those blocks. And and I started studying Michael Johnson, who used to be an incredible. Y'all remember Michael Johnson? Incredible. All through the mid-2000s, incredible gold medalist. I think he won like six or seven gold medals. Amazing running. He was the fastest man in the world for several years, and he had those, like, classic gold cleats. I don't know if you remember that. But, uh, but Michael Johnson was amazing, and he, he's, I was watching him and studying him a little bit, and he starts to talk about what's called ground force. Ground force, like the purpose of coming out of the blocks a certain way and you're down is you, you release yourself out of those blocks. You start to run, and the speed that you have comes not by the, the amount of turnover your legs have, which a lot of people would think that it comes by how many, how many rotations you have in your legs to get yourself moving. It actually comes by how much force you put in the ground. It actually comes by how much force you dedicate into the ground. You push yourself out of those blocks, and every momentum into that ground presses you further forward. And I believe what today's message is going to be is like us coming out of the blocks and putting ground force into the ground, which creates momentum, creates speed, and it creates an enduring thing that you can run all the way through the course of this race and be successful by the time you get to the end of it. Does anybody believe that today? I believe that's what this is going to be. So we're in Matthew chapter 13. 
Matthew chapter 13, verse 3 says this. We're starting there. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because it was, the soil was shallow. Somebody say shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, come on somebody, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. When I started to read this, some things began to come alive in my spirit, but you understand that the God we serve is a gardener. He's a planter. Okay? It's all through scripture. This is who he is. It's a part of his nature. He is a gardener. So he's all about seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. And how many of you know that a lot of times we can blame the seed, but it's really not the seed. It's your ground. I'm going deep quick, so I want you to catch me. All right. Sometimes you blame the seed, but it's really the ground. Sometimes we're so busy trying to tweak the seed. How many of you know the problem is not the seed? The problem is the ground that it's going into. You've got to do, this is the first thing I want you to write down. You've got to prepare your heart. God told me this very strongly. Good ground produces good growth. You've got to prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. We come into situations and environments like this, man, especially as preachers, pastors, and we just start sowing things and sowing things and sowing things and sowing things, and sometimes we don't see a return, and we're just like, what is going on? And sometimes we start to be critical of ourselves. Am I doing something wrong? Is there something, like, missing? But how many of you know that the Word of God is perfect? It's not the Word that's the problem. It's not the seed. It's the ground. And so then we have to start turning ourselves into people who know how to till. You got any tillers in here? Know how to till the ground and know how to plow the ground. You have to turn into a gardener because our God has the same type of mentality. Prepare your heart to hear from God. Preparation literally means this. You can write this down. The action or process of making ready or being made ready for use or consideration. I'll say that again. The action or process of making ready or being made ready for use or consideration. One more time for those who are slow, the action or process of making ready or being made ready for use or consideration. We are being prepared for something. We are being prepared for something. You making impact in this region is like literally directly associated with how you prepare. It's directly associated with how you prepare. And my question today for a lot of people is, are you good ground? Are you good ground? When you come into this place, you come into the house and you hear the word of God, are you good ground? The things that begin to be sown into your heart, the things that begin to be sown into your life, does it have a good place to grow? Because how many of you know Pastor Stephen's not responsible for your ground? You are, right? That's a personal responsibility. I'm responsible for my ground, right? I'm responsible for that. So, so listen, and if we were just to go by statistics, the Bible gives us three, actually four types of places. So really, only one of them is good. So this, the reality is sometimes when we come in here, we preach the word of God. The reality is, is that if we're not careful, only a fourth of us will walk out of here actually in good ground. Wow. That's good. That's good. So it's important 
that you, like, yourself, before you walk in these doors, because we have all kinds of things happen. We wake up, the kids are screaming, people are yelling, I've got to get breakfast on the table. All right, we got to get up. Come on, we got to go. We five minutes late. Like, everything starts to happen, right? And we just get in this mode where it's like we can be stressed before we even walk in here. And so we have to learn and discipline ourselves. That, Hold up, wait, 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 wait. Before I allow this just to ruin everything that I'm coming here for, let me reel it back a little bit. S- say, God, let's clear my spirit. I'm here because I want to hear from you, right? Prepare your ground. When we get in worship, that's why we're releasing things. That's why we're saying, God, heal this and touch this and be this, right? That's why we're doing that so that when the word comes forth, it has a good place to fall. That's preparation. How many of you know preparation starts in the house? Preparation starts in the house. So you're responsible for good ground. It isn't enough to be willing to receive. You must be ready to receive. Bars. <laughs> it isn't enough to be willing to receive. You've got to be ready to receive. There is such a bad thing. There is a, such a thing as bad growth. How many of you know that? There is such a thing as bad growth. Some things can grow too slow, and some things can grow too fast. And you have to learn how to manage the way things grow. If if things grow too slow, you can lose relevance. Sometimes you can be outdated. You can lose your ability to grow. It starts to be diminished as you go over time. But sometimes if things grow too fast, you can make sloppy mistakes, right? You can get burnt out. You can be overloaded with things, overloaded with tasks and and ability. I I know I've been a part of ministries like that sometimes that grow too fast and they weren't ready for it. So it places a heavy load on the people to be able to keep up with everything that's going on. How many of you know you got to prepare for growth? You got to prepare for growth. And so my question is, are you prepared to receive the growth that God has for this ministry? Are you prepared for it? See, this is, this is, I'm talking to those who belong to this house, but I'm also talking to those who are thinking about jumping in the river, all right? Are you prepared? Because I promise you, I promise you, if you're connected to this man of God, you're connected to his heart, this thing will grow. It's going to grow, and it's going to be ridiculous. You look back a year from now and go, wow, man, can you believe what God is doing in this place? So you're going to have to prepare your heart now, man. You have to prepare your heart now for what is it that God is trying to do here and how can I be a part of helping prepare for the move of God? Now let me ask you another question. Are you prepared to receive people from all nationalities? See, I did a little bit of research on Rogers before I came because I know something a little bit about the heart of your pastor. Your pastor is all about diversity. He wants multicultural Right? He, why? Why? Why would he want that? Because he wants a place that looks like the kingdom. He wants a place that looks like the kingdom of God. And so how many of you know the kingdom of God is multicultural? It's diverse. Right? And so I, I believe so strongly in that because you begin to see such a power come from a house when it's full of all kinds of people. I love seeing people with green hair. And I love, I love seeing tattoos. And I, I just lo- I love it. Dread. I love it. I love it because it shows, it shows that the kingdom is here. The kingdom is being established here. The kingdom is being established here. And so I want you to know, like, you have to be intentional about that. You have to be intentional about that. And one of the things I found out about Rogers before I came here is I was looking at the statistics. Did you know that Rogers, statistically, is 62% white, right? The next closest one is 35% Hispanic. 
then everything else is below that. So we're talking about how do you create a multicultural church in a community that is 62% one race? You're going to have to be intentional. That means it goes beyond just connecting here. It goes into your grocery stores, into your jobs, into your schools, and wherever you're at, they have places of influence, and you're intentional about inviting someone who doesn't look like you. I'm giving it to you today. You've got to be intentional about that. Because if you're not, the vision will not come to pass and you won't establish kingdom. How many of you want kingdom? The Bible says on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're trying to establish is kingdom. So you've got to be intentional about making this a place where all people feel welcome. There's not a person who would walk in these doors that feels disconnected, left out, or not included. How, how would it be if you just represented the, the kingdom of God so well that people were just loved so well when they came in this place? They walk in and it's not just called, called the house. They feel like they're at home. Y'all feel like family and I just met you. That's how it was when we, me and this man connected. It was like, who are you? Like, who are you right now? Because he just jumped right in. Our, I think our first conversation was about, hey, man, tell me about you. What's going on? You got a girl? Was that, it was like, my name is Steven. How are you? <laughs> it was like, I mean, he, but he just jumped right in because he was so connected. Y'all know he's like that, right? Y'all are like, yes, he is. So, 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 so how would it feel, man, if people walked into this place and caught that spirit, right? How many of you, how many of you know that's the kingdom? That's what God is trying to establish in the earth. And so for me, it's like, if you're going to be a uh, part of this vision, you've got to have it so strong in you. That, no, no, no. I can't be comfortable walking in and just looking at the same type of person. I've got to be intentional about stepping out of my comfort zone and making an effort to make this a place where all people feel welcome. Amen. 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 Preparation produces progress. It's another one. <laughs> Preparation produces progress. Progress is as much a result of plowing as it is planting. I'm going to say that one more time. Progress is as much a result of plowing as it is planting. Plowing, how many of you know, turns over the upper layer of soil. Any farmers in here, any people that know about gardening and planting, when you plow the field, what it does is it turns over the topsoil. It begins to, the, the, the things that were on top go to the bottom, and the things that were on bottom come to the top. Fresh nutrients come to the top when you begin to plow. In other words, your preparation creates the most fertile environment for seeds to grow. Come on. Your preparation provides the most fertile environment for seeds to grow. So when people walk into this place that's already been prepared properly, they have the healthiest environment for them to be able to become who it is that God's called them to be. That's the point. Because I believe in the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? If I can sell you the why, if the why is big enough for you, the how doesn't matter. You will begin to do whatever needs to be done if the why is big enough. Right? So what are we trying to do? We're trying to create a healthy place for families to grow and people to be transformed and people's lives to go into another dimension. Well, how do we do that? Because I love that. That, that. that why is big enough for me. Whatever we got to do, let's do it. Right? So when the why is big enough, the how doesn't matter. So that's what we're trying to produce. We're trying to produce a healthy environment for seeds to grow. Plowing also, though, has a secondary benefit that I love. 
in that it buries weeds. I love that. So not only does it bring nutrients to the top, it starts to bury weeds as well. So those things that, what are the weeds again? If you remember Matthew 13, the weeds are those things that choke out the word of God. So things that were settling into the soil that were trying to choke out what the move of God is trying to be in this house, when you start plowing through and bringing those nutrients to the top and preparing properly, those weeds start to go away. Those weeds start to go to the bottom. And so you provided a healthy environment. We consistently try and tweak the seed rather than work the ground. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's your ground. Working the ground usually isn't fun. I found out. (laughs) It's not fun, man. Why? Because it's not, it doesn't elicit immediate results. You realize that? So sometimes plowing isn't fun. It doesn't feel good all the time. But how many of you know it's worth it? It it produces progress. All right? If you're going to grow something, you've got to plow the ground. And to plow the ground, you better have something in your hands. Amen. You've got to have something in your hands. Use what's in your hands, man. You're connected to something awesome. It's such a privilege to be a part of a place like this. I've just been telling them all week, like, this is awesome. <laughs> What's happening here is awesome. From what I've understood, y'all have grown or doubled in, what, a month or a year? You've doubled in a year. Like, my God. Like, so, what's happening here is awesome. It's awesome. If every church worked by those standards, you feel what I'm saying? We're talking about compound interest here, multiplication. If you doubled every year, you're doing something awesome. So it's a privilege to be a part of this place, man, to be a part of working this ground, plowing. I encourage you, hop in. Could you just dive into the things of God here? Don't let your gift, your talent, whatever it is, stay wasted or idle by the side. Can you just hop into the flow, grab something, start plowing, and watch God do something incredible in this place? I feel that. That's so good. So good. Sometimes, I've even found this out as well, sometimes pain is a part of the preparation. And this, this, is, this is a tricky part right here because we come into the environments of like, like this and we feel like everything's just like happy-go-lucky. I'm seeing rainbows and flowers and everything is great. And it's like that a lot, but it's not always like that. Sometimes pain is a part of the process. Let me tell you what I mean. Pregnancy will tell you this. Never been pregnant. <laughs> Pregnancy will tell you this for those who have. That anytime you're getting ready to birth something, pain will likely be present. Likely. But what I found out, and you can ask the mothers in the room, where's the mothers at? Can I see you? Mothers in the hazy. (laughs) Anytime you have pregnancy, it produces pain. But what happens after that pain is you become so connected to what you birthed that the pain just, you don't even think about it anymore. Am I right? You don't even think about it. So what am I saying? I'm saying pain oftentimes can produce a connectivity to the thing you're birthing to where nothing can separate you from it. That's why I'm, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. But listen, that's why sometimes I've seen this in culture when a lot of ladies or a lot of women get epidurals and they take away the pain from the birth. Sometimes there's not as much of a connectivity to what they've birthed. And I've seen mothers who then, their, their children just become like, they go everywhere. You can just spend the night over anybody's house. <laughs> like, you can just go do anything. There's not much of a connection. There's something about that pain, that progress, that struggle, what it took to get you here. You think I'm just going to let you go over somebody's house? No way. 
we're going to think about that for a little while. It's not happening, right? Because it took something to get you here. When you got to go through something, that's why I embrace this process. Oh, come on, I feel it. Embrace this season. Embrace this plowing. Embrace what it takes to prepare for the move of God because you're going to be so connected to it that you're going to want to see it just be everything it can be. Is it, you're not going to want to let anything come in here and destroy what you helped plow. Come on. That, that, look, it'll change your prayer life. You'll start to intercede for this church in a way you have never interceded before because ain't no devil going to come in here I'm about to act like I'm at my house right now. Ain't no devil going to come in here and try to take what God gave us. Nothing. So you got to get connected, man. And even if it causes some pain, even if it takes you through some rough roads, you've got to make that happen because pain connects you to the promise. I want you to write that down. Pain connects you to the promise. Pain connects you to the promise. Let me tell you this. Prepare to fail. Prepare to fail. Prepare to make mistakes. Prepare to not always get it right. Prepare for some people to walk out mad. Right? Just prepare. 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 I promise you the pain through the process will be worth it. It will be worth it. If you just stay focused on the vision, stay connected to the heart of this man of God and to the heart of God as he's being led by the Lord, and just stay connected and plow through, just bury your nose down, keep your hand to the plow, and I promise you, You will receive the rewards of your labor. You receive the rewards of your labor. But sometimes it doesn't look pretty all the time. How many of you know, in a house, everything ain't always pretty. Sometimes there's some knockdown throwdowns going on in the house. I have an identical twin brother. We're eight minutes apart. He doesn't have dreads because I'm cooler. But... But, man, we've, we've done everything but just knocked each other completely out. It's like fighting yourself. I want to be stronger than you. But, but, but literally, we've done everything but just knocked each other out, man. Because sometimes the house gets messy. Sometimes it's not rainbows and fairy tales and unicorns. It's just not. Sometimes it gets tough, but I promise you it's worth it relationally. It's worth it with the investment up front if you just plow through. I also found out this preparation takes patience. Woo! I'm giving y'all some good stuff today, man. I feel it flowing. Preparation takes patience. You likely don't know if you have patience, man, until you've tried to, like, do something crazy like install a car seat. <laughs> Anybody ever tried to install a car seat before? Like, put the... Like, it's, it's the most frustrating thing because you're, like, curled up in the back seat trying to, like, get this thing across. And I'm the type of person, like, I can get frustrated in a millisecond and be like, like, but, but, but this is, but this is what, 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 what the Lord spoke to me through this because I was like, God, why would you even bring that analogy to my mind? But, 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 but this is what I found out. The car seat is not about me. So, in other words... The car seat, listen, the car seat is about protecting what I'm carrying. So even if I have to go through a little bit of duress and struggle and frustration to get this car seat right, right? It's worth it because it's ultimately going to protect what I'm carrying. That's good. That's good. That's great. 
Hello. Yeah. That preparation of putting this in properly and making sure, Pastor Stephen, why do I have to have this rug right here? Or why do I have to have this in this place? Or why do the flags have to go out at this time? Or why is there a rug that says, welcome to the house outside? Everything has a reason. Everything does. And ultimately, that reason goes back to the fact that I am trying to protect and cultivate what I'm carrying. And so sometimes that's painful. Sometimes that means waking up early. Sometimes that means spending extra late hours. Sometimes that means investing some time and some capital to make it come to pass, right? But how many of you know it's worth it if what you're carrying is protected? Oh, I felt that. I'm telling you, it's worth it if what you're carrying is protected. The car seat's not about me. So here's a bit of advice for you. Be willing to surrender your personal preference for the sake of the promise. That's just Holy Ghost right there. Can't take credit for that. Be willing to surrender your personal preferences. God's given this man a vision. Hear me. God has spoken to him. You will never know until glory what it took for this man to plant this church. The sacrifice, the years and years and years of preparation, of doing other things for other people's visions and other people's dreams. The investment's already made. And now God's given him something that's so strong and so powerful. And so here's the deal. I'm not willing to allow anything to come in between me and me receiving his vision with full clarity. Full clarity. Why? Because if I don't know it with full clarity, then I, my execution becomes faulty. My execution of what I think he means or what I thought he meant becomes to, it starts to go down. So I have to know what this man of God is thinking. And when I know what's in his mind, what's in his spirit, then I can creatively start to use what God's gifted me to do to make it happen. I was talking to the worship team yesterday. If I know my pastor has a multicultural heart, my music's going to have to start being multicultural. And get ready for that because it's going to draw the nations into this place. So now I can execute with accuracy. Amen? I can execute with accuracy so I start to make this thing. See, if he's the smartest man in the room, there's a problem. If he's the smartest man in the room, there's a problem. Listen, because listen, God's not called him to know everything. That's not his responsibility is to know everything. God surrounded him with people who know things he doesn't know. So what he does is give vision and then what you know kicks in. Oh, I have an idea that will help this vision. Oh, I have a gift, an ability that contributes to this vision, right? It, this is how it works. This is a family, man. I'm telling you, I've seen this happen. And when everyone gets in that frame of thought, this thing just explodes, man. It explodes. I've seen it happen with Elevation Church. Y'all are familiar? I've seen it. I know several people on their staff. We talk about it all the time. These guys have called me. And they're like, man, we just, we just said yes. <laughs> we can't explain it. <laughs> we don't, I mean, like, we couldn't predict it. We just said yes. We served the vision. Yes. Let's go for it. And when they got in unity, boom. Everything just started to explode. That can happen in this place. I'm telling you. So get ready for it, man. Find the vision. Take, take the time out to know that it's going to take some patience. It's going to take some endurance. But I'm, and, it's, and, and it's not always going to line up with what I think is right. Or what I think I should do. Oh, well, I think it should be done this way. That's not how this works. 
right? You give, surrender to the vision, and God begins to give you the grace to carry that thing out in the perfect way it could be carried out because he places it in you. And I promise you, when you keep your heart tuned to that, I promise you, you start to see some amazing results. You know, one story that kind of comes to mind when I think about this just a little bit, and I'm, I'm getting ready to wind down for you, but one thing that comes to mind when I think about this is, is King David. King David is, 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 has already been anointed, right? He's already been anointed to be king. But what he does is he's still serving his father's house. So he's been anointed to be king, but he's still working in the shepherd's field. And this is what kills me, is that they come to him and say, David, we need you in battle, listen, not to fight, but to come bring your dad and brothers some lunch. You understand? Imagine, you're, you're anointed to be king, man. But he's, he's got so much inside him, but he's got to go take his brother's lunch. But guess what? This is what happened when he submitted to the call, to the vision, to the serve, whatever I got to do. It put him in position, guess what the battle was? Against Goliath. He wasn't even supposed to be there. They didn't call him and say, bro, we going to war. Let's roll out the posse. Roll it. We go. Like he didn't, he wasn't invited to the party. But guess what? His service invited him. He ended up at the party and he goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is coming against the armies of my God? And it put him in position. I love this. Put him in position to now be elevated through his service, man. That's what this is doing. I'm trying to give you that. Now, did that hit home right there? I felt that just seep in. That is what God is doing here at this ministry. So ask your neighbor, say, are you ready? Ask your neighbor. Ask somebody next to you, say, are you ready? Amen. Amen. I want you to write this down. Prepare your house. Write this down. Prepare your house. Is your house in order? Ephesians 4. Pastor talked about it a little bit earlier. He just talked about it, how we're all here for the equipping of the saints. For the equipping of the saints. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 4.11, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. All right? I want you to write this down. Preparation is born from a spirit of honor. Preparation is born from a spirit of honor. If you would just get it in your mind that I want to honor people well, this thing is going to be amazing that I want to honor God well, this thing is going to blow up. Preparation is born of a spirit of honor. When I honor the vision, when I honor God with what I do, and I do everything as I do as unto the Lord, this thing begins to grow. Amen. Amen. Also write this down. Preparation precedes the promise. God said this to me as I said that. He says, if you set the table, they'll come and eat. So we're talking about preparing your house right now. Prepare your house. If, they, if you set the table, they'll come and eat. Man, I remember those days I was out there running and playing out in the streets. Maybe my brother riding bikes. But if mom said, dinner's ready, it was like, ah. <laughs> like, I'm going to eat. Because if you prepare the table, people will come and eat. So prepare the house. Get this place ready for people to come. Why did Jesus have to be born as a baby? I love this about the process of God. Why did Jesus have to be born as a baby, right? But Adam was made a full-grown man. Like, so strange to me. Like, God made Adam full grown, but then he made Jesus come as a baby. Why would he do that? Like, what sense does that make? You know what I'm saying? Why, why would he plant a garden if he could speak one into existence? 
right? Because maybe there's something God realizes about process. Preparation, that's really important. Maybe he saw the failure of the first Adam without process that he needed to make the second Adam, Jesus, with process. Bars. You, you, feel, you feel that. I feel that, man. See, this thing, I mean, this preparation thing is humongous. It's a big deal. There's something powerful about the process. And so the question is, are you preparing the house, man? What does preparation mean to you? Preparation precedes the promise. Psalm 92, 13 says, "Is those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. When preparation is poor, problems persist. Write that down. When preparation is poor, problems persist. When preparation is poor, problems persist. Write this down too. Write this down. I got a lot this morning. Preparation. Ooh, I love this one. Houses take constant inspection. You know this? How many homeowners in the room? Houses take constant inspection, so you have to make sure that you are looking around the house for places that we can improve things. Because when things in a house go unchecked, right, things start to diminish in the quality of the home. Will it stand? Its value decreases. I'm talking about being a five-star church. Its value decreases. And so you need to understand that i got to inspect this thing around me. You're a part. If you're connected to this vision, you need to be inspecting. You can't expect what you don't inspect. Write that down. You can't expect what you don't inspect. So there's a vision in this man for something. You've got to know that I've got to inspect some things around me to get the expectation that we have. Amen. I feel this. God said this to me. Parting of living in the house means helping the house. I saw this man. We've been spending the night for him the last two nights, man. Them kids are on point. He got delegated responsibilities for everybody. I love it. I love it because living in the house means helping the house. Correct? I love that. And so what that means is this. this is God told me this. This is not age exclusive. You're not too old. You're not too young. Right? This is not age exclusive. And God said this. You can't criticize what you don't contribute. Just going to let that sink in for a second. Can't criticize what you don't contribute to, man. So help the house. Touch your neighbor and say, help the house. Help the house, man. Get involved. I think the goal for this ministry should be 100% involvement. The goal for this ministry should be 100% involvement. There shouldn't be one person connected to this place that's not doing something. Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Here's the last part. Prepare for your vision. Prepare for your vision. Prepare for your vision. Preparation is nothing without vision. One thing that I think is always really important to ask people because passion is so important, you know, like passion for what you're doing. A lot of times we don't, you know, we don't operate out of that place. But how many of you know that whenever you're doing something for God, you better have some passion because passion produces a response that if it feels like work, you wouldn't have it. If this ever feels like work, you need to check yourself. You need to check yourself. There needs to be a passion in you about what you're doing. And so God said this to me. He said, ask the people, are you called here? Are you called here? Are you called here? Did you feel the calling of the Lord drawing you toward this place? 
Because if he did, and I pray he did, that you begin to feel a passion be birthed out of you for this ministry, for the kingdom, and for its vision. And so I'm just asking you today, are you called here? Praise God if you are, but you need to spend some time in prayer thinking about that because that's going to be a key part of your next level. Do you feel called to this place? Or is this a hobby? Oh, yeah, you know, I take my kids to the ball game. I go to church on Sunday. See, when it starts to be in that type of order, it's a hobby. It's just something else I do. When it's a calling, it's who I am. It's who I am. So I can't afford for this to be carried lightly. Amen. This is the kingdom of God. This is the plan of God. This is the vision of God. Let me ask you this. Write this down. Does your preparation match your expectation? I promise you I'm flying in for a landing right now. Does your preparation match your expectation? Does your preparation match your expectation? What do you see? Do you have this vision? And does your preparation match that expectation? Every person is responsible for that in this room. Every person in this room is responsible for that. If God gave you what you were asking him for right now, would you be ready for it? Does your preparation match your expectation? If you don't prepare, God said this to me, man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. If you don't prepare for what God is getting ready to do, you will either miss it or mishandle it. (laughs) I feel it, man. If you don't prepare for what God is getting ready to do, you will either miss it or mishandle it. I've seen people fumble. I've seen people drop things, butterfingers. If you're not ready for the past, you're going to miss it. So you have to understand preparation is vital to this thing. Are you, does your preparation match your expectation level? Yeah. Some good stuff, y'all. God also told me to ask you this. I want you to write this. You can go back and look over this later. Get the podcast. Listen. Listen. What is keeping God from trusting us? Think about it. If we don't yet have what it is that God says we can have, it's not because he doesn't want to give it to us. It's because there's something in us that's preventing him from feeling comfortable releasing it. Because how many of you know God will not send his people into a place of disorder? So ask yourself, what is keeping God from trusting me with this? What is keeping God from trusting the house with more? What is keeping God from saying, uh... I want to do it, but they're not quite there yet. Because if I put people in there now, they're going to be missed or mishandled. So what's keeping God from trusting us with what he wants to give us? God loves his people way too much for that, y'all. Last question, what are we preparing for? God told me three specific things. The prodigals. I believe this is going to be a place where prodigals come home. This is going to be a place where people who are far from God begin to come home and receive them unto himself again. He's going to do that for this house. Second thing, a move of God. There will be a revival in this place. It's going to happen. Get ready for it. You might see some things you've never seen before. That's how God is. He's just good like that. He might give you some things, slide some things your way that you're not like, that's new. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's how he does. A move of God is coming. Third thing, growth. Growth, growth, growth. Growth, growth, growth. Why? Because everything God touches grows. There's nothing that God has ever created that has not grown. It is in his nature. He is a planter. It will grow. And the musicians are coming. Um, 
you know, uh, as I was preparing for this message, I was in, in prayer and doing some different things, and, and God showed me a prophetic word for you, particularly Pastor Stephen, but it's also for the entire house. And, and I'm not someone who operates in the prophetic a whole, whole lot, but I, when I read this, I was just searching the word of God, and when I read this, it was literally like God was like, say this to him. And I said, okay, God. And, and, and what it is is this whole, excuse me, story out of, out of Genesis, I believe it's 41, where Joseph is in the dungeon. Y'all remember this story? Joseph is in the dungeon, and, and here's the deal. Pharaoh has a dream that he can't make sense of. Y'all remember that? And they call for Joseph because they heard he can perceive the dreams and, and tell him what it means. And so they call him out of the dungeon. He goes to Pharaoh. And he tells him what the dream means. And God was saying, it's like, I've given you the vision. I've given you the dream. Where'd the dream come from? God. I've given you the dream. I've surrounded you with Josephs. That's what he was saying. I've surrounded you with Josephs who are able to help carry out what you need to do. So I've, I've thought something. I've dreamt something. I've put resources around you to help you carry it out. It's already there. As a matter of fact, he said, everything you need is in the house. He said, everything you need is in the house. And so God says, God says, I've surrounded you with Josephs who are you to, able to help you carry out this thing. But what, one thing that didn't hit me, and this is how I knew this was for you, was what happened after that. Eventually, he gets put in authority, right, to able to carry out some things. What was the, what was the interpretation of the dream? There was going to be seven years of harvest followed by seven years of famine. That was the interpretation of the dream. And Joseph began to say, in order to get ready for the famine, we have to prepare. So he started giving instruction on how we prepare for what's to come. How many of you know storms are going to come? Things are going to hit? It's going to happen because it's life. Life isn't perfect. And things have to come our way sometime. But here's the deal. God said this. I read this and it blew me away. Verse 50 of that chapter talks about how he had two sons. So remember, he gets elevated, and out of this place, he has, he's birthing things, birthing things, birthing things. And these two sons, this blew me away. One was named Manasseh. Manasseh means God has made me forget my trouble and forget my father's household. God said this was for you because there's some things you've walked through, past serving opportunities, ministry opportunities, things that hurt deeply when severed. And we had a conversation last night that, solidified that for me that hurt deeply and, and and God says this God says I'm taking you to a place where you're going to forget all the old things I'm about to make all things new I'm making all things new this is Manasseh I'm making all things new you're going to forget the former things because there's something in front of you that's brand new fresh and then he says this the second son the second son was named Ephraim and this name means because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. So, so, so not, oh, I got I to read this exactly how God gave it to me. So, so, so Manasseh, he says, the struggle it took to get you where you are now won't be remembered. Ephraim, you're about to be the most fruitful you've ever been in your life. This house is about to be the most fruitful it's ever been. And listen, I love this. And listen. You're going to be able to weather every storm. You're going to be able to walk through every famine. You're going, it's not going to even touch you. It's going to be as if it didn't even affect you. 
Because God has put such a spirit of preparation in this place. He's preparing this house to walk through storms, to walk through harvest, to walk through famine, to walk through seasons of growth and seasons of steadiness. But he's preparing you for it all right here, right now. God says, that's for you. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.